True Crime friends, welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. So at the moment, I have my air conditioning on right now. I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background. If you can, I am really sorry. However, on the East Coast in South Jersey right now, it's like 90 fucking degrees outside. (laughs) And I haven't been in my room all day, so like my little personal air condition unit that I have because my room is just too big for the amount of vents that are in here so my room gets really hot in the summer um but yeah so it hadn't been on all day and it's hot as balls in here so (laughs) just bear with the extra air condition white noise background noise if you hear it I'm sorry but these are the times we are living in Otherwise, I hope you are all having a wonderful start to your week so far. If not, I know. We're just we just got to chuck along, right? We just got to keep it keep it moving. We got to do it. We can do it though. We're going to get through this together. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you all to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia. And now on Twitter, you can follow True Crime and Academia at TC in Academia. I wanted to make it the whole thing, but, you know, Twitter doesn't like you to have long ass names. So that's what I had to shorten it to. Also, just a quick reminder that this podcast is strictly for educational purposes. So, obviously, I do not condone any of the actions committed by or to some of the people that we talk about in these episodes. Also, do not forget to become a subscriber. I have monthly episodes, monthly bonus episodes. So the only way you can get your hands on those is to become a subscriber at patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom. Now, this episode, I'm thinking of implementing this type of episode into each month's podcasting schedule, just because I think it is very important to cover cases like these. What I'm talking about is the active missing persons cases of college students, college professors, things like that. So, like I said, I'm going to try to do this once a month to promote these missing persons cases. And, you know, because I think we need to be aware. And even in some of the cases, which we'll get into, some of the people are presumed dead. However, I think it's still important to look for them because they don't have a body. So you can't, without a body, you can't say without a shadow of a doubt that someone is dead. At least not in my opinion. So, yeah. So, without any further ado, let's get into some of these missing person cases. So, the first missing persons case we're going to get into is actually a recent one, and it is of a student named Jimmy J. Lee. Jimmy, or Jay, as he's more commonly known, Lee, is a 20-year-old University of Mississippi student who went missing on July 8th of 2022. 
Lee had stayed back on campus and was attending summer classes to finish his degree in social work. And he was already accepted and scheduled to start his master's this fall. On July 8th, which, like I said, was the last day that Jay was seen, Jay was supposed to go to a donation drive for baby formula that he had organized as part of his summer internship with Mississippi's Child Protection Services in Lafayette County. When Lee was reported missing, searches were organized by friends, family, law enforcement, and sadly, it has not yielded much progress to this point. The last known movements of Jay were around 5.58 a.m. was the last time he was spotted. He was wearing a silver robe or house coat with a golden hair cap and gray slippers. He was seen leaving Campus Walk Apartments. And it is believed that Jay was supposed to be meeting up with someone because it wasn't usual for him to be up that early. So he left and he went to somewhere that police suspect called Molly Bar Trail. As of Monday, police recovered his 2014 Ford Fusion that had a gold or has a gold racing stripe down the middle. And the towing company said that this is where that they retrieved the car from, this Molly Bar Trail. Both Oxford Police and University of Mississippi Police have been working together, which if you know law enforcement, (laughs) then you know that that's odd. Sadly, it's odd and it's shocking. But they've been working together to find Jay. They've conducted interviews and issued warrants on, quote, both physical and digital entities. If you have any information about Jay Lee's disappearance, please contact the Oxford Police Department at 662-232-2400. You can also contact the University of Mississippi Police Department at 662-915-7234 or an organization called Crime Stoppers who is helping and organizing rewards for any information leading to the discovery of Jay, they can be reached at 662-234-8477. I will be sharing pictures of not only Jay, but all of the other missing persons involved so you can get a better idea of what they look like. Um, The only details that I have about Jay are that he is a regular slim build, He is a black man who prefers to dress in women's clothes, and he is an openly gay man. So those are the main things. Um, Oh, and he also has brown eyes. I'm sorry. But like I said, I will have the pictures up. Like I said, some of them I do not have full descriptions of, so I'm kind of just trying to do my best based off what they look like, but I will have them there. The next missing person is a professor named Sam Duball. Sam Duball is a 33-year-old assistant professor of anthropology at the University of Washington. He was a well-traveled hiker and had recently gotten his Ph.D. in anthropology. He was last seen on October 9, 2020, hiking Mount Rainier. He was spotted on the Mother Mountain Loop Trail at the time. He was officially reported missing on October 12th when it was realized that he had not returned home from his hike. And honestly, I don't necessarily know if 
you know, people noticed that he was missing on October 12th and decided to talk to officers or if it was found out that he was missing sooner and just because of the usual typical 24 to 48 hour waiting period, that could have had something to do with it. I don't know. I only know that that was just when he was officially reported missing. It was stated that Sam was equipped for an overnight hike and he was an extremely experienced hiker, even with difficult conditions. It was stated that he had brought snow gear, a tent, his cell phone, and charger. Mount Rainier is known to be one of the most dangerous mountains in the U.S., and a nine-day intensive search on both foot and helicopter were conducted, sadly with no success of finding Sam. They were able to recover his car, I believe, from the parking lot, and later at some point on the trail they found his water bottle. Sam is 5'9 and weighs roughly 155 pounds. He is he has black hair, he has a short black beard, and he was last seen wearing a blue jacket. At this point, Sam has been presumed dead, and so therefore there's no contact information for him. However, as I said at the top of the episode, just because they haven't found the person after so much time doesn't necessarily mean that that person is dead. And while I understand certain parts of it, you know, it's just annoying to me that you can presume someone dead without actually knowing for a fact they're dead. So anyway, um, like I said, he is in the Washington State area. I am sure that you could, if you see him or anything like that, you know, I'm sure you can contact the Washington State Police Department and they might should be able to get you in touch further. I don't have their number. I'm sorry. I have to say, though, this reminds me a lot of the Ann Abraham case that I had covered. Um, it was the Harvard from the 60s, 70s, I believe. It was the anthropology student who went on a dig and had gone missing and similar situations. I mean, she wasn't as nearly as an experienced hiker as Sam was or is. But again, accidents can happen. As I said, you know, Mount Rainier is extremely dangerous. So it is possible that he could have fallen and we can't find his body just because of the terrain and things like that. However, like I said, because there is no body, I just think people should be aware in case they find him. Hey, true crime friends. You've heard me talk about my amazing friend Mandy before. She makes the best crochet, cre-cut, and custom home decor for reasonable prices. If you're looking for a one-of-a-kind gift or some new decor to add some new life into your home, look no further. Mandy has got you. I have quite a few items from her ranging from a crocheted headband to Halloween decor items to my amazing and adorable Coraline ornament. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, I'm like obsessed with Coraline and I just love how Mandy makes it. She's also made me a Coraline doll that sits next to all of my true crime books. To order, just slide in her DMs on Facebook and Instagram at Mandy Made It. That's M-A-N-D-E-E, Made It, on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Send her a DM and 
order today. The next missing persons case is of Colin W. Gillis. Colin W. Gillis was born on March 4th, 1994, and he was attending Brockport State College when he went missing on March 11th, 2011. At the time, the 18-year-old was last seen walking alongside of Route 3 near Piercefield, New York. He was seen by a motorist wearing a white and black striped shirt with jeans and red sneakers, and he noted that he was also carrying an orange LLB backpack that was said to have a red and black coat stuffed inside of it. The exact circumstances of Colin's disappearance are unknown. It's unclear where he was going at the time or what his mental state was during his disappearance. So sadly, we have no idea what happened. Literally, I mean, this is the only information that I was able to find. And as far as I can tell, it's the only information out there at this moment, which is kind of sad. And sadly, if you put two and two together, Colin's been missing for about a decade now. And I will have both the original picture and the age progress picture up on Instagram for you all. But just to go over some specifics, Colin is roughly six feet tall and weighs about 170 pounds. He is white with blonde hair and blue eyes. The NYS Missing Persons Clearinghouse is requesting any information that may be had about this case. And they can be reached at one 800 346 3543. This last missing persons case I have for you is another more recent one, and sadly, it's another case of the missing person being presumed dead. The case of Zania Dennis. Zania Dennis is a 19 year old student at SUNY Buffalo State College who is from the Bronx in New York. She was last seen on April 24th, 2021, leaving her dorm room. It was said that Dennis got into an argument with her boyfriend while she was out in New York City on the phone with him, and she tried to call him 59 times, but he never answered. She then called another male friend and told him that she was considering suicide. This male friend stayed on the phone with her for several hours and stated that Dennis, at this point, had reconsidered. At 11 p.m., she's seen leaving her dorm again, and she is captured on surveillance footage walking towards a garbage can. When police recovered what she threw out, it seemed that she had thrown away many personal items, which lead investigators to believe that she did not plan on returning to her dorm. Footage obtained from Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority shows that Dennis took two different buses and was going to Niagara Falls. She was seen on the New York State Park cameras at around midnight walking towards Goat Island at around 12.18 a.m. The male friend that she had called to recently warned her via text message that if she did not call him in 30 seconds, he would be calling the police. He then called Dennis directly, and she picked up saying that she was going to jump off the bridge and commit suicide. He talked to her for about an hour, and she told him that she would take the bus home, but according to her phone records and where her phone was, she never got to the bus. And we don't know if she ever really planned on getting on that bus. Her cell phone left the network at around 1.20 a.m., meaning that her phone was either turned off or destroyed. She was reported missing by her father on April 26th. Again, not sure if he was aware of this beforehand. And, you know, because of the 24 to 48 hour rule, her being 
over the age of 18. You know, we all know how I feel about that 24 to 48 hour waiting period. I think it's ridiculous, but investigators have since presumed that Zania Dennis is dead and that she died via suicide. While it's absolutely possible, her family believes that she is still alive. And while I understand investigators to an extent and where they got this conclusion from, I also feel that maybe this case was not pursued as heavily as it should have been. Zania Dennis is a young black woman. She's five foot three, 125 pounds, with brown hair, and at, from what I could tell, she has a red streak in the front. She also has brown eyes. Because, again, she's presumed dead, I do not have a number for her. But I'm sure that if you contact Buffalo Police, New York State Police, they might be able to put you in the right direction. So that is all I have for you guys. I just have those four missing persons cases. Like I said, I'm going to try to do this type of episode once a month just because I think it's important to put their stories out there firstly and you know also you never know who knows something you never know you could have seen something comes back to you later anything that can be done to help finding these people and giving their family some sort of closure I think is just so so important so that is all I have for you today I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week please stay safe out there Again, don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia and Twitter at TC in Academia. I have a really fun episode for you guys next week. I'm super excited. And until then, I will see you later. Hi, I'm Andrew Rimby, the host of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, a public humanities podcast where I interview writers, scholars, performers, and artists. Episodes air on Mondays. And I'm Mary DePippi, host of True Crime and Academia, an Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. True Crime and Academia is a true crime podcast focused on crimes committed by or to those in academia. Episodes air on Tuesdays. Make sure you follow Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Become a subscriber to get unedited video interviews and our merchandise at patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. When you're listening to our podcast episodes, imagine that you're in a cafe eavesdropping on our conversations. Enjoy.